Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Laurel's Legacies, a podcast about Laurel County, Kentucky's history, highlighting its people, places, and events. I'm your host, Dana Estridge, a former journalist turned historian with a passion for local history. Before I get started with this week's episode, I think I need to begin with an apology. It has come to my attention that in my excitement to get the first episode of Laurel's Legacies online last week, I overlooked one important fact. What happened to my great-uncle, Reuben Brown, after his exciting adventure? I told you what happened to the men who escaped the penitentiary, including the three who stole Uncle Reuben's taxi and the two who he didn't encounter. But somehow I forgot to give you a follow-up on the victim. So sorry. I'm going to remedy that right now. If you already listened to last week's episode, The Unexpected, you'll recall that in early June 1935, Reuben Brown was single, 23 years old, and drove a taxi for a living. Reuben was a son of George and Sally Lloyd Brown, and he was born in Laurel County on November 16, 1912. He had three brothers and one sister. On September 2, 1935, about three months after his exciting adventure with the escaped fugitives, he married my great-aunt, Martha Jane Estep, a daughter of John Estep Sr. and Mary Jane Roberts Estep. Reuben served in the United States Army during World War II, but he never went overseas. He was stationed in Texas during most of his time in the military. After he was discharged, he and Martha returned to Laurel County. Martha's parents gave the young couple a parcel of land on East Highway 80 in the Bush community, also known as Lida. They built a house and lived there until the 1990s. Reuben continued to drive a taxi for many years. He was also a farmer. He was a deacon at Providence Baptist Church, where he also served for a time as Sunday school superintendent. He and Martha never had any children. Reuben Brown died on November 17, 1995. He was 83 years old. Martha Estep Brown died on September 18, 2003. She was 88. They're both buried in the Estep Family Cemetery near where they lived. Okay, that's enough about my family members for a while. But since we're on the topic of cemeteries, that just happens to be the topic of this week's episode. Did you know that there was once a national cemetery in London, Kentucky? I discovered it, like so many of the things I discover while researching Laurel County's history, quite by accident a few years ago. I was once again researching a topic for the blog I was writing at the time for the Laurel County History Museum and Genealogy Center. In the fall of 2015, I came across a 1942 news article about Laurel County's celebration of Kentucky's sesquicentennial. That's the 150th anniversary of Kentucky becoming a state in 1792. Laurel County marked the occasion in several ways, including placing 20 stone monuments throughout the county to mark historic places. I plan to have a full episode later this year on the stone monuments, but for now, I'm just explaining how I found London's National Cemetery, so stay with me. Seven of the 20 stone monuments were placed along the Boone Trace, where it crossed county and state roads in order to mark that early highway to the west. If you've ever been downtown London to the Laurel County Courthouse, you may have noticed one of those stone monuments on the courthouse lawn near Main and 5th Street. Now, I had been to the courthouse dozens of times before I read that newspaper article, and I walked right by that monument, but never actually noticed it. 
So maybe you've done the same. If so, try to remember to take a look at it next time you go to the courthouse to renew your car license or conduct other business, or if you're downtown for any reason, on foot. It's worth a moment of your time to take a look at it. Anyway, the remaining stone monuments were placed at other historic sites to commemorate their importance in the county's history. Most of them, according to the news article, were scattered throughout the county. But two others, in addition to the one on the courthouse lawn, were near downtown London. So I went looking for them. One had been placed on Breastworks Hill to commemorate the August 17, 1861 Battle of London during the Civil War. I had never heard of Breastworks Hill before I came across the news article in the fall of 2015, but I set about finding it so I could track down the monument and take a photo of it. I discovered that Breastworks Hill was at the top of West 13th Street, and I discovered that an old cemetery is located there. I found out that the old graveyard has been known by many names during its long existence, including Cemetery Hill, the 13th Street Cemetery, the London Cemetery, the Public Cemetery, the Jarvis Jackson Cemetery, the Jarvis Jackson Memorial Cemetery, the Jackson Farm Cemetery, Breastworks Hill Cemetery, the Battle of London Cemetery, and the London National Cemetery. After a thorough search of the cemetery on that sunny autumn day, I could not find the 1942 stone monument. But what I did find was the tombstone of Jarvis Jackson, an early Laurel County pioneer and the man who donated a portion of the land where London was built. I also found the graves of several other people who were tied to the early history of London and Laurel County. I left the hill after that first visit, wanting to know more about the cemetery and the people buried in it, so I started digging deeper into the burial grounds past. That's when I discovered it had once been designated as a national cemetery and had been the resting place of 269 Union soldiers who died in this area during the Civil War. I also discovered that the property where the cemetery is today had been a fortification during the Civil War, thus the name Breastworks Hill, and that it had also been used as a staging area, a campground, and a rendezvous point for soldiers from both sides throughout the war most notably during the Battle of London, commemorated by the as-yet-undiscovered stone monument. I plan to do an episode about the Battle of London in August, near the time the original battle was fought, so you can check out that episode this summer. But back to the London National Cemetery. National cemeteries were established in the United States as a direct result of the overwhelming loss of life during the American Civil War, 1861-1865. to out of that terrible time arose a sense of duty to care for the remains of those who selflessly gave their lives to preserve the Union. On July 17, 1862, Congress enacted a law which gave the President of the United States authority to purchase property to be used for national cemeteries for Union soldiers who died in the service of their country. In 1862, 14 national cemeteries were established, including two in Kentucky, one at Danville and one at Mill Springs. This was, of course, while the Civil War was still raging. After the war ended, it was important to Congress that the graves of the soldiers who fought for the Union should be cared for and protected. 
there was an underlying concern that the graves were vulnerable to desecration, especially in the southern states, where emotions still ran high over the destruction suffered at the hands of Union soldiers during the war. On February 22, 1867, the United States Congress passed Public Law 37, an act to establish and protect national cemeteries. As a result of that law, the Kentucky State Legislature turned over five parcels of land to the United States for the purpose of establishing national cemeteries in Kentucky. One of those parcels was about two acres of land in Laurel County, a few blocks from the courthouse in downtown London, on top of the hill at the west end of what is now 13th Street. The land was donated by Laurel County pioneer Jarvis Jackson. At least part of the two acres had already been used as a cemetery long before the beginning of the Civil War. I found tombstones with death dates as early as 1850, but it's likely there are much older burials there, since the sign at the entrance of the cemetery states that it was established in 1800, and nearly 100 graves have been identified as unmarked and unrecorded, while others are simply marked with field stones that don't have any engravings to tell who was buried there or when they were buried. After the property was designated as a national cemetery in 1867, Union soldiers buried within an approximate 50-mile radius of London were removed from their original burial plots and taken to the London National Cemetery for reburial. Locations from which the soldiers were moved to London included Barberville, between London and Big Hill, Boston, Camp Pittman at Pittsburgh, Camp Wildcat near Hazelpatch, Crab Orchard, Manchester, Mount Vernon, between London and Richmond, Williamsburg, and Wolf Creek. The original burial sites included numerous small battlefields and skirmish sites, private graveyards, village cemeteries, and many solitary graves by the roadside. Only 87 of the 269 soldiers who were buried in the London National Cemetery were identified by name or partial name. The remaining 182 were simply listed as unknown. Although only Union soldiers were officially buried in national cemeteries, there were at least three Confederate soldiers who died during the Civil War who are buried in the Breastworks Hill Cemetery in London. Second Lieutenant Arthur C. Calito, Company G, 1st Regiment, Louisiana Cavalry, is the only one of these three soldiers known to have been killed in action during the First Battle of London, fought in part on Breastworks Hill on August 17, 1862, the date he died. However, the death dates of the other two, August 19th and August 21st, 1862, suggest that they were probably also casualties of the same battle, and they died later from wounds suffered during that action. Although it's not certain that the remains are still buried there, their Confederate Civil War headstones are still located in the cemetery. The Union soldiers who were gathered from the countryside and reburied at the London National Cemetery weren't allowed to rest there for very long. In June and July 1868, the soldiers' remains were removed and most were reburied at Camp Nelson National Cemetery in Jessamine County, Kentucky, near Nicholasville. The reburials included Laurel County native David McFadden, a private in Company C, 7th Kentucky Volunteer Infantry of the Union Army, 
Private McFadden died of measles at Camp Wildcat in Laurel County on October 23, 1861. Originally buried 13 miles from London, probably at Camp Wildcat, he was moved to the London National Cemetery in 1867. He was reburied at Camp Nelson National Cemetery in the summer of 1868. The Union soldiers buried at most other small national cemeteries were also removed and reburied at other larger national cemeteries around that same time. In fact, Camp Nelson became the final resting place for the small national cemeteries at Perryville, Frankfort, Richmond, and Covington, Kentucky. Why move the remains again? Well, there were several reasons. First, soon after the war ended, newspapers in northern states started publishing reports of Union graves being desecrated in southern states by, quote, resentful rebels, end quote. Second, many small national cemeteries, including the one at London, were not easily accessible for people who lived outside the area in the late 1860s, making it difficult for family members to visit the graves of fallen soldiers. London was considered not easily accessible because the nearest railroad station was at Crab Orchard, 40 miles away, and stagecoach was the only means of public transportation to London at the time. Third, in some places, not London, burial grounds had often been created in farm fields, but many of those graves were not identified or marked. Because farmers may not be aware of the grave sites, they were in danger of being plowed up when farmers started working their fields again after the war. Also, the graves in some areas, again, not London, were so shallow that body parts were exposed when it rained. It was reported that the bones of deceased soldiers were being dug up by dogs and pigs from shallow graves in some places. Fourth, consolidation meant less travel time for the Army officers in charge of inspecting the cemeteries on a regular basis, as well as less expense in maintaining the cemeteries since there were fewer of them. Because of these, and no doubt other factors, the decision was made to remove the bodies from smaller national cemeteries like the one at London and move them to larger cemeteries like the one at Camp Nelson, which were easier to access, easier to maintain, and easier to defend against vandalism, animals, and other destruction and desecration. After the removal of the Union soldiers from the cemetery atop the hill on 13th Street, burials continued to be made in the old graveyard. The cemetery is still active, with burials as recent as February 2021, as of January 2023, when I last checked. In June 1956, long after the Union soldiers were removed, the two acres of land, which was at one time a national cemetery, was declared surplus property by the federal government and deeded to the City of London. But that transfer of ownership was apparently soon forgotten because the old graveyard was left unattended and allowed to become overrun by vegetation over the next few years. By the 1980s, the old burying ground resembled an overgrown jungle more than hallowed ground containing the remains of beloved family members and honored soldiers. There were large saplings, briars, and underbrush growing everywhere on the property, even in the graves. Headstones were broken and falling over, graves were sunken, and it was impossible for anyone to even visit the cemetery because the vegetation was so thick and impenetrable. In the early 1980s, the Laurel County Historical Society started discussing the fact that the cemetery had been neglected and virtually abandoned. They didn't know who owned the cemetery, 
but historical society members voted to use what limited money they had to hire someone to clean up the old burying ground. It didn't take long before the historical society realized they had taken on a monumental task and needed assistance with the project. In 1982, the Society brought the deplorable condition of the cemetery to public attention through a series of editorials and articles in the Sentinel Echo newspaper. The Society solicited donations from the community and raised $1,000 to spend on mowing, repairing headstones, and filling in sunken graves. But that was far from enough to complete the cleanup and restoration of the old graveyard. The society soon realized it would require much more labor and money to make any noticeable progress. Members of the society brought the condition of the old cemetery to the attention of the London City Council and soon received some help with their efforts. In September 1983, the City of London received a grant from the federal government through the Cumberland Valley Area Development District. Mayor Ed McFadden decided to use the money to assist with the cleanup and beautification of the old cemetery. The cleanup was completed in October 1983, and historical society members performed a survey of the headstones and made a list of all the marked burials, which was published that month in the Sentinel Echo. After the initial cleanup was completed in 1983, the historical society took over maintenance of the cemetery. Apparently, no one knew that the cemetery actually belonged to the city. By the fall of 1986, the local Veterans of Foreign Wars chapter became interested and involved in helping the Historical Society maintain the cemetery. The VFW held a special cleaning day and installed a flagpole. The following year, Laurel County resident Bud Shell began researching the cemetery's history, and he discovered that the Department of the Army had deeded the property to the City of London in 1956 after it was declared surplus property by the federal government. After the mayor and city council became aware of the situation, the City of London took over the care of the cemetery and continues to maintain the property today. The city further enhanced the old graveyard in 2004 and 2005 after obtaining a $25,000 grant for the Breastworks Hill Cemetery from the Kentucky Department of Local Government in December 2003. Restoration work on the cemetery began on April 4, 2005. On November 15, 2005, Governor Ernie Fletcher and the Governor's Office for Local Development announced that the City of London would receive a cemetery preservation grant for $17,921 for renovation of the Breastworks Hill Cemetery. The grant was funded by the state's Cemetery Preservation Fund. On September 18, 2006, the Governor's Office for Local Development issued another Cemetery Preservation Fund grant in the amount of $23,863 to the City of London for cleanup, fencing, equipment purchase, interior roads, tombstone repair and cleaning, boundary survey, and historic research for the Breastworks Hill Cemetery. In addition to cleanup efforts, archaeologists used thermal imaging, magnetic resonance, and other advanced technologies to identify possible unmarked graves. They repaired and reset broken and damaged tombstones and took a complete inventory of all tombstones, field stones, and other grave markers, fences, depressions, earth mounds, trees, and other natural features within the cemetery. Today, the former London National Cemetery is well cared for and beautifully maintained by the City of London. But there's much more to this story. 
In fact, there's so much more to the history and importance of the London National Cemetery, now known as Breastworks Hill Cemetery, that I wrote an entire book about it in 2016 and revised it in 2023. Titled Our Honored Dead, History of the National Cemetery at London, Kentucky, the book includes a detailed history of the cemetery, as well as all the names and dates of everyone I could discover who was buried there, including the Union soldiers who were moved to Camp Nelson in 1868. If you're interested in taking a look at the revised edition of the book, a copy of it is at the Laurel County History Museum and Genealogy Center at Heritage Hills in London. It's also at the Laurel County Historical Society on 3rd Street in London and the Laurel County Public Library on College Park Drive in London. That's all I have for you this week. If you like this episode, please sure to tune in again next Thursday for another interesting story from Laurel County's past. Next week's episode will be about Laurel County's Grandma Moses. And if you did enjoy this episode, please tell your friends about this Laurel County History Podcast and ask them to check it out. Until next week, I'm your host, Dana Estridge. Thanks for stopping by.